1986, Late Night with David Letterman aired a rerun of a February show. Letterman had the entire episode dubbed from English to English using the cast of Speed Racer as the voices. The space shuttle Challenger disintegrated 73 seconds into its flight, leading to the death of all seven members of the crew. Disintegration would have been a welcome fate for the colonists of LV-426, who instead spent their final days gestating xenomorphs in their chest. It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, I feel the need for need for speed. We can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and with me again... Where else would I be? It's the Sphinx! LPJ. Did you just pull the mic away from your mouth? I did. Like Michael Buffer style, you know? <laughs> like, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> anyway. LPJ, yes. I do not want to be associated with that introduction in any way, shape, or form. Oh, it's too dark? It's quite horrible. It's too dark, huh? <laughs> and, and really mean to those people in real life. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Last Action Podcast, everybody. LPJ, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great now that you've put me in a sad mood. Um, you know what doesn't put me in a sad mood? <laughs> what? Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, my God. You are the worst. <laughs> God, I hate your guts. We have two special guests with us today. They are brothers. They look alike. They love movies. They're fantastic. We have Joe and Jay with us. Hi, guys. What's hey, up, Gus? How's it going? Good to be back. Uh, you know, friend of the podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Joe. Hey, your hat is just black. That is true. It is just plain. I've been, I've been told. I've been told by many that I look like I'm incognito in like a Marvel film. Like. Yeah, you kind of look like. Um, the yeah. Unabomber? Well, maybe. Yeah. I can see that, yeah. I, you know, before we get into this, guys, I have to say, I watched this entire movie, and there's not one hovercraft in it, so I do not know oh, why I'm here. Oh, man, the ratio is off now. <laughs> well, there's there's a flying <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's true. It's called a spaceship. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> God. Anyway, we're doing <laughs> Aliens today. Not Alien, Aliens. Well, we're talking about the movie Aliens. We're not actually doing Aliens. <laughs> Is, this, was, how, is this how this episode's going to go today, that was a LPJ? Sex joke, yes. <laughs> God, you're the worst. Do you, do you two see what I have to put up with? Well, Joe, Joe already knows what I have to put up with since he was they with us for an entire month. Well, that's probably true, too, since I've known you a lot longer. But <laughs> probably not that much. Anyway, let's we'll just get moving on here. Aliens is the movie that we're doing here because I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about today. Came out July 18th, 1986. Great year in which I was born. Uh, 20th Century Fox is the deal here, and um, we're bringing back a director of ours that we covered on a movie that we both loved, undeniably, and that is James Cameron. Well, the director's James Cameron. The movie was Terminator. Yeah, that's... <laughs> trying to make I th- sure people I know. I think people were able to make that connection. Okay, but, yeah, James Cameron. So, we'll talk about Cameron again in a moment, mm-hmm. but let's talk about our own personal 
experiences with this movie and 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 maybe why this movie was chosen so i mean jay we have you here with us today um i was told that we had to have you on for this movie so oh. I, i'm kind of curious why that is now oh so. boy I, well let me, let me no, no 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 <laughs> no i was told i specifically asked him, <laughs> i asked him what movie he wanted to do and he selected this one and today's the only day he's going to be here I was going to say, though, we've had this conversation for months, so you brought this up to him like months ago? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I think I was asked about four or five months ago. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, yeah and I, for some reason, was on all the text, so I can tell you that this is accurate. <laughs> all right, fair it's enough. Been, it's been in the works for a while. Okay. It's not like we colluded to only do Aliens with Jay on this date. Well, I know you've colluded with other people on the show before, Hard Target, so um, <laughs> you, you know, nothing goes show. by me. I think I actually like requested like five or six different other movies, and I was told they were already all claimed, <laughs> oh, so that's right. where yeah, we landed. That's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Well, what do we got? with aliens though so maybe first experiences with it why you enjoy this movie something uh, so first experience i uh, sadly i don't actually know when's the first time i watch it what i do remember is joe and i's dad showing me a scene he had taped it on uh, vhs off of cable the uh i'm sure we'll get into it but the hand scene the hand trick scene with mm-hmm. the, uh, the knife uh, i remember him being like oh you, you gotta see this you gotta see this so that's my first memory of it. I would say that I probably didn't sit down and see the whole movie. It's probably some point in high school, okay, um, maybe college. But uh, as for why I wanted to do it, uh, I, I, I think it's a, a, a great movie. I don't want to give too much away, yeah, but enough. I think it's a great movie. Okay. Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I would echo the same thing. I don't really remember when I first saw the movie. I mean, obviously, I didn't see it in the theaters in 1986. Um, but I mean, a lot of it was still there. I mean, obviously, we'll get into the plot of the, you know, the the big fight at the end. Uh, one thing I did remember, and I kind of had to look into, is that, and maybe LPJ might remember this too. I was like watching the movie. I was like, wasn't there like a Konami style arcade game for aliens? You know, like in the vein of like the Ninja Turtles and Simpsons one. And there is, because I pulled it up and like watched like a whole walkthrough of the whole game. It was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, I remember the game. It was pretty sweet. There have been a couple of the games, too. Yeah. There was a, there was an arcade shooter, too. I was going to say, I remember an arcade shooter, because I think I played that a lot. We, Me, me and Jason, we had a, uh, a Game Boy, and we, we had a Aliens 3 video game for a Game yeah, Boy. And, and, the game, and the game was as terrible as the movie. Yeah, it was, it was a terrible game. Gotcha. Uh-huh. So those are my Alien memories. LBJ? Yeah, uh, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie. I saw it a long time ago. I know it was probably, I don't know. I saw I saw this movie before I saw Alien. Okay. So I definitely saw this one first. Um, and I remember thinking, watching Alien, like, where's all the soldiers? Where's all the Marines? Like, this is not at all what Aliens is like. Yeah, and, two uh, very different movies. Two very different movies. And I, and I vividly remember the toys from Aliens. And uh, because they had a big, they had a big run of toys for this film for some reason, which is insane to think about, right? Like, I don't want my kid anywhere near this movie. <laughs> no, they had like, like weird, like I, I'm having face nightmares hugger from this puppets, movie. all kinds right? of things, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I've seen it several times just over the years, especially once um, Terminator Two came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into a kick of watching Cameron's films, and so this is one of the ones that you know I went went and watched. So I'm happy that I'm the only one that does remember the first time I watched this movie. Because it was literally yesterday. <laughs> wow. What, I, where the hell were you? I know. I Alien, the Alien franchise is a franchise I've always wanted to watch. And for whatever reason, I never have, with the exception of Prometheus. 
which I guess was like a prequel movie, right? To, to anything before any of the Alien Why did movies? you see that one first? Because I think it's when it came out. I, I rented it. So yeah. I think right. that was like he, 2012. He wanted to watch them in a chronological order. Yeah, that was, story along. that's what you I was going what? with. Yeah. 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 It's like that debate about what's the order you watch the Star Wars movies in. Right, yeah. That's exactly what I was not thinking. <laughs> but but it, that would make me feel a little bit better about myself. No, it, it's a series I always wanted to watch. It's, it's another example of a franchise I know a lot about, but actually never got to the movies. Um, so for this movie, I felt like I couldn't watch Aliens and not watch Alien. So I actually did watch Alien immediately before I watched Aliens. So yesterday was a five-hour fun fest of watching Alien movies. Which is weird, because you can totally not watch Alien and watch Aliens. Which you did tell me that ahead yeah. of time, because I'm like, should I rewatch Alien? Because we've actually, we haven't really done a sequel before we've done a first movie. That's yet. true. We, we I mean, we've done we James Bonds, but there's like... 20 of them, so right. it's a little bit different story. And it was on purpose, because normally I would want to do, like, for example, Terminator 2. I would want to do that before I do Terminator, yeah. but, you know, exactly. there's a lot of ties in. This is one of those where it doesn't. Yeah, and I would agree with all you guys. Like, Alien is not an action movie at all. Like, it's yeah. definitely oh, more it's like horror terror Alien, movie. yeah, straight up like horror suspense film. Yeah. yeah, and this one is a lot more action-packed. Yeah. Like, and it they, fits and, into this And they, they tell you genre. everything you need to know about the first movie You're in right. this movie. Pretty yeah. much right off the I can't, oh, yeah. I can't remember the last time I watched the first uh, alien movie. There was one thing that they referenced that I did have to look up because I was confused when she was talking about how much she hated uh, synth- synthetics. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was robot. like, and I was like, why is that? But then I, I even think later on she might have even explained it in the movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. The robot betrayed her in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because he was supposed to, pretty much kill everyone else was secondary yeah, to to keeping to bring an alien back to Earth. Bring the alien back. Crew is expandable. Yeah. The first movie was great. I actually really liked it. Um, you know, I wanted to wait for it with my horror movie blog that I was doing, but I'm like, nah, I I want to watch it. So what I really appreciated about Aliens is Cameron did a good job capturing the atmosphere of Alien oh, in the sure. first like 15, 20 minutes of Aliens, and then transitioning into what he wanted the film franchise to be. Yeah, which I feel like he may have had to do that to some respect because you're talking about a huge gap in between movies. I mean, we're talking seven years in between right. them. And there were a lot of people that weren't so sure about wanting to, to bring this movie as a sequel at all. I, so. I, from what I read, James Cameron was one of them. He had yeah. concerns about would he be able to do something as good as Ridley Scott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I have a lot of stuff here, too, that the the crew that worked on Aliens was the same crew that did Alien. Because uh, they filmed it in Pinewood Studios in London right. as, as well as where you know Scott was. And they, like, lashed back at Cameron. Like, they did not cooperate very well. I have on here, they took tea breaks to to purposely slow yeah. down production. Like, they yeah. were not having it. It was like a full-on mutiny. From from what I understand, um, they uh, in, in England, like, you have to, like, earn your dues to be a director, and they felt mm-hmm. that James Cameron hadn't earned his dues yet, and so they... They just kept comparing him to Ridley Scott, and it was a pretty bad environment from what I understand. Yeah, because Gail Ann Hurd tried to convince them by showing them Terminator, yeah. and like no one showed up. They were, gonna, <laughs> they were doing a free screening of Terminator to be like, hey, this guy's actually pretty cool. Like, Terminator's an awesome movie. Right. Like, you should totally like believe in him, and like no one showed up to watch the free <laughs> well, showing of it. And that's the thing. Like, this, he was filming Aliens before Terminator came out. Yeah. Like he was in the middle of he was in the middle of writing the script for Aliens while he was filming Terminator. Yeah. yeah. And we brought s- that up in our Terminator episode. Exactly. That yeah. that because of Schwarzenegger's 
um, schedule with, with Conan, Conan the Barbarian yeah, right. that, you know, Cameron had some time on his hands, so he's like, oh, I'll write Aliens. <laughs> and you can see the bleed over, too, from not only that movie, but... So you can see the bleed over from some of like the um, like the apocalypse mm-hmm. uh, scenes from Terminator oh, yeah. with the bleed over to the craft and to the just the yeah, overall the, the blue look, lightning the blue lightning yeah, yeah all that carries yeah, over I to here. There's a lot of similarities you can see between. I thought like the pacing and tone a lot. Sure. Yeah. And not only that, you can see all of this stuff and how it uh, is expanded upon in something like Avatar. Yeah, like how just like oh yeah, the, the, next machine, look, the machine that Sigourney Weaver was dry, was sure. riding in, yep. you know, you in the can final see all battle. The parallels of where his uh, thought process. Kind I've of never seen Avatar. So. Oh well, you're not. I mean, I don't think you're missing much, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. See it once. It's not. Yeah, you know. I saw it for the 3D experience, yeah, and that yeah. was about it. If you're seeing it like at home, it's not. I mean, like that's I think why I saw it because it was before 3D was like a thing. You know, it was the first movie that came back that was like right. You're, you're fine not seeing it. Yeah, right. but I, but I would say it, it's impressive to see how far things had gotten in terms of special effects from what we see in Terminator sure. to what we then saw in this movie because it's only a two year gap of release. But like you mentioned, you know, it was pretty much like Terminator finished and they're automatically getting into this movie. Um, I mean, it does look cleaner and better than than Terminator does the first one. I, I um for sure. I will say this though, I and I maybe this is just me, is like I thought like all the creature effects and all that stuff is real good, but I thought I, I honestly watching it I didn't look at the release year and I thought it was earlier than it was because I thought some of the like stuff in space with the spaceships I thought it looked kind of like I was like oh this looks worse than Return of the Jedi I'm like did this come out before then I was yeah, like oh there's, no there's clearly some spaceship shots where you can be like yeah that's a model <laughs> yeah which is like I mean I get it it's 1986 but I was like this looks like a step behind stuff in Return of the Jedi which was 83 well that was one of the big knocks on the film is um when the producers saw it, they asked like where all the money went for special effects, and it had actually gone into like model design for the set and for the individual um, like scenes within the spaceship. And it's like they 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 took the money that they would normally use for like exterior special effects for things like the ship and the planet and all that, and and brought it inside and, and used it all for the interior components. Because most of the, a lot of the scenes on the inside were, were was model work, and you can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, apart from filming it at Pinewood Studios, they also filmed it um, in an uncommissioned power plant in London, which is my only pop quiz that I have for for today. I'm hoping others are going to have some pop too. Quiz, hot shot. I can tell Jay probably already knows the answer to this, so maybe I'll lean it towards these two. <laughs> I don't know the answer. What other famous movie? used this power plant in in a movie i know the answer i don't know the answer and i can't even wager a guess it is a film we covered it is a film that we've done early on um you were not a part of it though okay so there's no hovercrafts no hovercrafts uh film you guys did it is a superhero movie from the 80s from the 80s that you guys covered already? Mm-hmm. Oh, the original Batman? That's yeah, correct. That the is correct. set was almost completely left intact when they went to go film Batman. They actually had to remove the old xenomorph eggs <laughs> out of the scenes to, to film Axis Chemicals. Oh, yep. okay. That makes sense then. Uh, before they could film Aliens there, though, I read that they had to uh, first tear out all the asbestos in the plant <laughs> yeah. before they could film. <laughs> yeah, I read that, too. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm happy they did that, though. But you know, Yeah, yeah. Especially good, in that good for age. Them. Yeah, yeah, good work. Thank you, James Cameron, for doing that. Um, trying to think if I had... Well, let's go through the cast. 
Um, so we have Sigourney Weaver, who is returning as her role as Ripley. Um, as was mentioned, she was a little bit reluctant to to want to come back uh, and and do this once more. Um, she met Cameron, and she's like, "Hey, this guy seems to know his stuff. Sure, I'm on." Um, however, she was trying to negotiate her contract, and Fox was not really being too nice to her, and they said, no, we're not doing this then. And then they actually asked Cameron to rewrite the movie with Ripley out of it. He refused, and then they were able to bring her back in. It wasn't that he refused. He, so Schwarzenegger and, um, and, uh, and, and, um, James Sigourney Weaver, and Sigourney Weaver Mm. have, have the same agency, Okay. So he, in in talking to Schwarzenegger, mentioned that this was going on, knowing that Schwarzenegger would tell his agency, who would then uh, tell Sigourney Weaver about what was happening. And I guess they got into some kind of legal, some kind of legal issue, and forced Fox to, you know, renegotiate her contract. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I heard a little bit too, though, that that they did tell Cameron to start working on something else, and he was like, "No, I'm not going to do that." Like, he wanted her to be in this movie. She got paid a million bucks to do this, which, as a female role in the mid '80s, like that that is a huge amount of money. In fact, yeah. no, go ahead. Well, it's just the the entire budget was 18 million. So <laughs> yeah, that's where your special effects money went. <laughs> yeah, all that yep. Sigourney Weaver money. Which I mean, she does an amazing yeah, role. In she's this really movie. good. She was actually yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Uh, best supporting actress for this movie. For this movie, wow. I was surprised. The first yeah. um, actress in an action movie to be That's, nominated. I had no idea. That's shocking to this me. This film actually. was nominated right? for what seven, seven Academy Awards, and it won two, which is sound effects, editing, and visual effects. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, she was paid thirty thousand dollars to do the first one. <laughs> so this was thirty. It's <laughs> yeah, a bit of an upgrade. Yeah, a bit of an upgrade there. So that's kind of awesome there for her. And I, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that I read about the film, too, about how this really maybe is the start of a rise of a female role in action movies, like kind of being like kick ass. Because, you know, you're still talking about the era of Stallone and Schwarzenegger and other people like that. You know, this is really the first time that we see a female role kicking ass. Pop quiz, hot shot. Speaking of which, <laughs> after this movie came out, came out, they dubbed this type of role uh, with a particular moniker. Do you guys know what that moniker was? I think I do. I'll go last. No idea. Uh, no, I don't know. Is it Rambolina? That's right. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which Weaver came up with yes. from what I saw. Mm-hmm. Rambolina. Yeah. Rambolina. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's. I'm trying to think of some other large female roles in action movies. I, I'm thinking like Tomb Raider. Thinking, well, not until later. That was I know, like on. much later. You know, like not a whole lot. No. You know, even though she we was were, it. yeah, she was kind of it. Which she's a huge star at this point. I mean, Ghostbusters was a huge. I don't know if she was a huge star at this point. Oh, uh, maybe not huge, but I mean, Ghostbusters was big for her. Yeah, as was the first Alien. Um, I mean, it was definitely well, at her prime. The, the the first Alien was possibly her first role, right? I mean, I think she it was. was it, yeah, it, it, it yeah. really made her a star. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we've got, I always say his name wrong. Michael so, Bean? No, that wasn't the one, but sure, Michael Bean, LPJ. Thank you for <laughs> interrupting me. Is Hicks. So Bean, I was trying to save you preemptively. Yeah, I guess you were, but he's not the one I was thinking of. Uh, so he's Hicks. Michael Bean, 
you know, has worked with Cameron before as he is, damn it, why am I blanking on his name? From Kyle Terminator, Reese. Kyle Reese, oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what, that's funny, because I was watching the whole movie, and I was like, ah, oh, this guy's familiar, but now that you, as soon as you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Just had a little revelation over here. I mean, he was also in Navy SEALs. I don't know if that helps. I've uh, never seen <laughs> And Navy Young Guns. Se- Who's he in Young Guns? He's uh, one of the... Um, one of the young uh, guns? No, he's not one of the young guns. He's one of the guys. One of the guys hunting the young guns. Oh man, dang! Save it, save it for the young guns oh, podcast. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Anyone know the fun story with Michael Bean in this movie? Uh, he he was not originally cast for the role, right? Yeah, correct. Hired a hired a week into filming. Yes. Do you know why? Uh, because uh, James Remar uh, uh-huh. was a bit of a druggie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he gets uh, arrested for drug possession, and they um they pulled him out. And I guess Cameron's like, well, I know someone that will help out and brought in Bean. Yeah, a week before shooting. James week Remar? After. Week after. Yeah. Week, week after. De- De- Dexter's dad? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. James Remar, the uh, second Raiden from uh, Mortal Kombat uh, Annihilation. Ooh. S- save it for our James Remar <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, Paul Reiser, 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 Reiser. That's the one. <laughs> How do you get that? That's one the wrong. one. His name is literally spelled like the word not, Reiser. Kinda. Not a big Mad About You fan. Not, not at all. <laughs> but Beverly Hills Cop, I am. But uh, he's Burke, major douchebag in this movie. Man, yeah, he real, plays a great villain. Real heel. Real heel. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I seriously, I couldn't wait for him to die in this movie. It's good to know in the future though that like puffy vests are still a fashion option. Yeah, with so. flannel, pop, pop, <laughs> pop collars, and the pop collar suits. Yeah, definitely still works. I'm not throwing mine out. <laughs> yep. Uh, Lance Henriksen is Bishop, who is our android here. Well, I think I think it's synthetic. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> synthetic person. Okay. He's also in Terminator. LPJ, do you know what he is in Terminator? Yeah, he's a cop. He's a cop. Detective, yeah. Pop okay. quiz, hot shot. <laughs> Four actors from this film appeared in various Terminator movies. Can you name them? Well, we've already named two of them. Well, name them. All right, Lance Henriksen and yep. Michael Bean. Okay. Um, <laughs> we did that in unison there. I couldn't tell you. I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger's an alien. I, I haven't seen the other ones. Just maybe, the first two. This particular well, I'm Prometheus. Oh, 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 I'm, I'm Bill Paxton. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bill. Even though I still don't know where he shows up in Terminator. He's one of the th- he's one of the punks in the beginning. Where he's I know, but you can't even tell. Yes, you can. It looks just like Bill I, Paxton. I couldn't see it. Well, you're an idiot. Way. You're an idiot. And the last one? I do. I there's there's only like ten people in this uh-huh. movie. Is so. it is it a male or a female? It's a female. Is, is it, it the alien itself? No. Is it, it is it the lady that played Vasquez? Yes. Okay. In Terminator <laughs> Two, she is John Connor's stepmom. Oh Whoa. shoot! Uh huh. Wow. Jeanette man. Goldstein. Oh wow. Man. You seem really excited to share Deep that cut, with us. Baby. Yeah. Deep that, cut, baby. Stepmom to John Connor and Wolfie the dog. <laughs> All right. I, um, I've got another Lance Henriksen pop quiz. Oh, nice. Pop quiz, hot shot. What did, uh, what did he learn to do at the age of 30? Right. Close. <laughs> Read. Read, yes. No, right! <laughs> he was illiterate until the age of 30. Wow. Yeah. Trying to blow the mic up. <laughs> I know I did. I was kind of loud. I could hear it. I mean, I was that, really excited that I got that, it. That's that like fact this. is kind of a bummer, but not <laughs> not, not as much of a bummer <laughs> yeah, as a the, challenger. Yeah, explosion. the opening. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about read at all or read English. 
Couldn't read at all is what I understand. Because I, I thought he was... I thought he was British. Lance Hendrickson? No, I yeah. thought he was Swedish. Oh, oh. Are you just basing that on his name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I thought I read that he was not... He's not, he's not an American. I thought he had a British accent. Even though don't yeah, most androids British. have British accents? I think he's British. I don't know. I think he is too. We'll, I, we'll, we'll talk, save it for the Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, moment. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the only other person that I have mentioned... Well, I got two more. I'm sorry. I, I can't forget about Bill Paxton as Hudson. So most of his lines he improvised, which that's clearly Cl- obvious. Yeah. That's <laughs> obvious. <laughs> shocking yeah. to me. He says <laughs> man 35 times in case anyone was interested. <laughs> this, is, this is his third role after the aforementioned extra in Terminator, and then he played uh, the older brother in Weird Science. Oh, yeah. Chet, was that oh. his So this is yeah. only his third role? Yeah. Hmm. Well, he looks pretty young. I mean, he's got to be probably, what, 24, yeah. 25, something like that. I don't know. When did he make Inner Space? He was in Inner Space? Wasn't, or was that Bill Pullman? Am I doing the classic <laughs> thing? I think that was, Neither. Uh, it's, uh, not Jeff Bridges. It was uh, I think it's Dennis, Bill Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Oh, uh, Dennis Quaid. And Martin, Dennis Quaid and Martin Short. Short? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. All right, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> Looks like we're doing a Dennis Quaid podcast. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, then the final person I have is the girl, Carrie Hen. Um, and the only reason why I want to bring her up is this was it. She was like there was five hundred children that interviewed to be the girl, and they Newt. fought to the death. Oh no! Sorry. You are so dark today. <laughs> Damn, man. <clears throat> Game over, man. Game over. Anyway, <laughs> um, she got it because all the other applicants kept smiling when they read their lines. Because usually when you have children in movies, they're always happy and smiling. And clearly, Newt was not having a great day <laughs> in Aliens. And um, she did the movie, said, yeah, I don't really want to do this, and became a teacher. Oh. And that was her career. So good for Carrie. What, one more. Uh, Sergeant Apone, one of the Marines in the movie, mm-hmm. played by Al Matthews, was an actual real Marine. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Which one was he? Uh, I got to be honest. Most of the Marines in this, they were all like, I could not well, they tell are, them apart. They are yeah. very one-dimensional I was like, I get, part. I was like, I get Bill Paxton, and I get Vasquez, and then like... Most of, most of them are solely there to be alien fodder. Because I was confused because yeah. it was like the one guy woke up, like the sergeant guy who like immediately had the stogie, and I'm like, oh, he's in he, charge. That's he, Apone. But, he's the one. He's the actual Marine. But then I'm like, oh, wait, no. this quote. But it's like, wait, no, this other guy's in charge? I was confused about who was leading the mission because he seemed in charge, but then the other guy who was like had no experience Go- was yeah, in charge. Gorman, no. Lieutenant Gorman is the commanding officer uh, played by William Hope. Um but yeah, but uh, Apone's like Apone the Apone's the CEO. He's the one that says uh, "assholes and elbows," right? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, Apone's the one that actually commands the troop, and and Lieutenant um, Gorman. Gorman is the one that's actually in charge of the mission. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So going a little bit kind of off of that. So Cameron, when he's trying to prepare these actors to be these Marines, um, he had them do some stuff so first off they had to read starship troopers then they had to undergo real life military training for two whole weeks which included all the heavy intense stuff that you would do to be in the military um and he did that so that they could kind of you could kind of see on film like how they kind of bonded together and how they interact with one another 
So Cameron is also one that likes to film sequentially. But one thing that he did at the very end is actually the first scene where we see them all get together. Because he knew that by the time it was the end of shooting, that they would have been together for that much longer. They would have had a much better togetherness. And that's why, like, when we see it in the beginning, when they're all together waking up from that hibernation, that we can see them kind of play with each other. And that was kind of a weird word. That makes but, sense. But, you know, they, you see them interact a lot you know, better they, you and, know, and you more get, realistically. You get out of cr- cr- what, what not sleep? Hypersleep? Hypersleep? Stasis Hyper- is what they call them. You get movie. out of stasis yeah. and you just immediately start doing pull-ups. Yeah, yeah that was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ripping off one-liners, <laughs> you know. I, he he. Uh, James Cameron says in the uh, commentary track that he didn't really know much about the military, and he just based all these characters on what he had seen in Vietnam movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of this movie, um, he actually said, is based off of Vietnam. Um, in fact, maybe the general theme is he's trying to say that you have these Marines that have superior technology and know-how go into this battle without the right skill set. And he tried to compare that to Vietnam, us going into that country being the, you know, the superior group, but not fighting the proper warfare. So that's kind of what he claimed was a little bit of an influence in, in how he wrote this movie. I can see that. Yeah. Makes sense. So just interstellar-wise, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Taking take a little bit more intense. But I feel like James Cameron doesn't live in the real world, so it probably made perfect sense to him. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, he might be an alien for all we know. Um, so, we can start to get into this movie if we want. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, the plot's not really that complicated. No, not at is, all. I mean, we kind of mentioned a lot of it, right? So, the movie really literally takes up, you know, takes off right where the first one ended. Well, more or less. It, 57 years much. later. Yeah, that's 57 true. years later. But, you know, they find the, the little capsule that, um... Ripley, Ripley, Ridley, yeah, Ripley, they find, it's Ripley. They find Ripley drifting in space. They yeah. pick her up, wake her up, and they're like, hey, what the hell happened? Yep. And then and, she explains what happens. Yeah, and they don't totally believe her. Um, they take away her license to be a pilot, um, but they're not going to do any charges on her because this it, is all a business. Which What's the name of the business? Uh, Waylon um, Yuani Corporation. So is this a bigger thing in the other Alien movies, this corporation? I think, I it, comes, so. I think it keeps coming back. Like I, I remember it being a plot point in the terrible Alien 3 and I think it's in Alien, it's in all of them. Alien, it's in Alien Resurrection. Versus Alien versus Predator. Oh, yeah. And I think Lance Henriksen's in a lot of them. As, yeah, as I, I saw Wayland that. Is the name of the because like isn't oh. that the, isn't that the thing that like Bishop is like based on him? So that's why. Yeah. I did, okay. And I think gotcha. I read that they're they're basically the role is they're like the contractor that's tasked with setting up these colonies across the uh, the universe. Which is weird too, because like one thing I noticed too is like they're wearing like the Marines are wearing American flags. So I guess in this world of our world, we still have like the United States of America <laughs> that is having interstellar marines i'm like we can't get help from anyone else around the world to figure out what's going on light years away i guess okay what did they call them the what marines what was the word they used before it i thought they had something for it i don't know i don't remember i don't know <sighs> didn't didn't make it in colonial marines colonial marines that's right. what they called them thank there you, you go. i do love in that scene where uh she's being like her hearing where she's talking about what happened mm-hmm. like the graphics on the back of the screen like the uh, the Apple 2E level graphics <laughs> like peak computing in the uh, year 2174 or whatever it is. Yeah for sure. I, yeah. It's not a pop quiz but I have some information about that. Oh, oh. They had issues filming those scenes um, because they were filming in the UK 
where they film 25 frames per second. The TVs display 25 frames uh-huh. per second, but the film is shot 24 frames per second. Mm. So everything's a little off. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they had uh-huh. so in scenes where they have the um, monitors showing, they have to ramp up the speed in post. Uh, of the actual film, so the actors all speak. You can notice they end up speaking with a slightly higher pitched voice, and the action moves at a somewhat unnatural pace. Nice. All right. So, you know, this is. I guess I don't. I don't fully get why this movie starts off the way that it does. Not not the whole part that she gets found and all of that, but the fact that it's been fifty-seven years. Apparently, they colonized this planet. Apparently, in 57 or whatever amount of years, they never found this alien spaceship. But just coincidentally, within weeks of finding uh, Ripley, they now find the spaceship. Well, and that's, you know, that's something that maybe somebody can clarify for me. Because it seemed like, was it because she told them about the ship? Then Paul Reiser was like, hey, go look for the ship. And then they did and find the eggs. Is that what happened? I think... I don't know. No, what I'm pretty sure what was going on is they set that colony up there, the Whaling Corporation set that colony up there when they knew the Xenomorph aliens were there. From the first movie? Yeah. I think they... they Well, because they said in the first movie that I guess the company sent them there on purpose. Yeah. So maybe... And in, in, but, when you go back... I don't know. Well, when you... In, in the previous... In, like, the pre- the prequels, mm-hmm. you slowly find more and more out that they knew these aliens existed the whole time, and they've always been trying to capture one. Okay, So but, they can turn uh, it into a military-grade weapon. But that explains it in the future, but at the time that Aliens is written, you can see how there's a big hole there, right? No, like, something's no, they, missing. That's, no, why, no, no. that's why they made those extra movies, to explain that Dude, plot hole, right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they explain that, that they, it, it, that's, it's not so much that it's retconning, they, like, um, um, Paul Reiser's character mentions that they want to turn these things into military weapons, and that they want to bring them back, and Ripley knows, like, the whole, the whole point of Ripley going there is so they can smuggle them back because you can't smuggle by bi- you can't smuggle dangerous biological uh, um, specimens back into the in, into the into the, into Earth. Okay. You have to smuggle them back in illegally, and the easiest way to do that with these particular aliens is to have one of them infect somebody and put the, that infected person in stasis and bring them back. But then you could have done it with a male. Because we saw it, that that happened anyway. So well, they tried Ripley to, didn't no, they have tried to, to do there. With, they tried to do it with all of these different colonists. They sent Ripley there because she has firsthand knowledge of like how these things operate. So then this brings up the second issue that I have here. Why in the hell is Ripley, like, what convinced her? You know, like, it just didn't make sense to me that she was so adamant about how horrible this place is and we need to avoid it at all costs. Well, and she, like, slept, like, one night and was like, all right, I'll do this. It Which just it it didn't seem keep, convincing. She keeps having the the nightmares. It's uh, it's more than one night. I think I think because she has a job. She's working at the dock. I think she's been there for a while. And it's the nightmares that finally drive her. Like she wants to go back and get rid of them, so so she can get on with her life. Uh, but did the, she really think that going back there was going to make it better? Like, did she really think that that this was going to turn out the way that she thought? There's no way she could have. Like, fucking Burke was. He was a trickster from the beginning. Why would he trust her? Well, Why she would she also trust did, She also didn't realize that there was going to be that many aliens. She assumed it was going to be like one. But then why or would you only like, send... And that's my third thing. Why are you sending seven Marines 
to no, there's a, to way, a colony. There's way more than that. There's like twelve. There's like twelve. No, it was more. No. I remember there being more. I think than there's like twelve Marines that they sent. Yeah, I think that's, oh, that's, that's, that's probably, yeah, probably yeah. maybe about twelve, and you know, a couple flying the plane and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, James Cameron. When you send a damn army. James Cameron and Sigourney Weaver actually had a dispute about her motivation because <laughs> James Cameron was like, you hate these aliens. And Sigourney Weaver said, no, I don't I don't think my character hates them. And what they finally agreed upon mm-hmm. was that what James Cameron got her to, to realize is that Ripley would have wanted to stop other people from having to go through the same experience that she did. Okay. That, and that makes I think that tracks with what the, yeah. how the movie positions with her. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. Trying to save the girl and everything. Sure. By the way, where where did you, each of you guys watch this? What was the source that you watched it on? Because there's two different cuts of the movie. Yeah, I, I I watched it on IFC on demand. As did I. DVD. Because if uh, well, you may you may have seen the the full length one. Because the first time I watched it, uh, not the first time, first time I rewatched it in preparation for this, I watched it on HBO, and it was the director's cut, which has some deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. But then I rewatched it again on IFC, and IFC showed the original cut. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things the deleted scenes they cut out is that uh, Ripley learns that the daughter she had on Earth, uh, in the time that she's been gone, yeah. grew up, got married, died, so she's got she's got nothing back home yeah that was in mind which do you know who that picture is no it's pop, pop it, quiz hot shot i guess pop quiz hot shot so the old lady that is supposed to be ripley's daughter is actually sigourney weaver's um real mom mm-hmm. oh. oh so that's kind of fun i didn't know that so yeah cool so i mean besides my little issues there in the beginning i mean that ripley decides she's gonna go um this this outpost you know that loses contact so they're going to go and investigate, and the Marines are going to come with. They go through that whole hibernation thing, wake up, get all ready and packed to go, and they make it onto the planet, and they find out that the post is emptied out, right? They can't find anybody. Wait, um, are you going to skip over these great lines from the Marines wake up? No, I mean, whenever <laughs> people want to, to step in, um, uh, that's fine. So the aforementioned uh, Apone, when he gets up, puts the cigar in his mouth, immediately says... All right, sweethearts, what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed, another glorious day in the Corps. Day in the Marines is like a day on the farm. Every meal's a banquet, every paycheck's a fortune, every formation a parade. I love the Corps. <laughs> Did he? So he had that cigar with him in yeah, his hypersleep, yeah. <laughs> just ready to wake up and start smoking it? Sometimes you just need a cigar. Yeah, right, well, Guess so. <sighs> These Marines are so fucking annoying <laughs> i hated every time there was dialogue yeah like i i'm like i don't want to hear any of this it, unless bill, it was bill paxton. paxton no he is so over the top yeah That's I, the, I, I, I love paxton uh, i we, couldn't wait for him to die we have a great divide in here because i agree with swings i did not like bill paxton because here's the thing all right oh. here's here's my issue with it i get that it's in like an unsettling situation and, and like shit hit the fan big time and don't get I, and I'm a I'm a panicker I when I can't find my keys in my heart so, <laughs> but like this guy <laughs> I, I've seen are it. you comparing can't finding your keys to but, having xenomorphs coming no, after you no but I'm saying that like he's a colonial marine he's a marine in space he's seen some shit he should be able to hold it together a little bit better right than he does it goes Every, from zero to a hundred yeah. he's such a pansy everybody else is holding it together like fairly well given the circumstances but he is immediately just loses it and never gets it back it's like i mean like come on it just shows you how bad the aliens are man (laughs) yeah 
I mean, I guess so, but it was a, it was a bit much. All right, yeah. I had to a point. I was kind of like, I think. I think I wrote in my notes, I'm like, somebody shoot Hudson. <laughs> That's literally one of the notes I wrote. And I, I, it says, uh, I said, Hudson needs to get a grip. Somebody shoot Hudson. Those are two consecutive notes. God, I was hoping when they did the knife trick that it would have gone right through his fucking hand, too. How, but I knew that didn't happen. How did he die? He fell into a hole, and there were aliens in there. Oh, right. When they yeah. all, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't the first attack, because he was around for a while. Right. It was so a, it was it once was they a, broke through. It was, the their, second, it was the second one when they were like, yeah. oh, we, geez, we didn't think about the ceiling at well, all. It's, <laughs> like, That's it's exactly like such it. a heavy, dark movie. He's the comic relief. I mean, yeah. I guess. I get, I get it. And, like, game over, man. Like, that's funny. But I don't know. It was a bit much for me. Yeah, I totally agree. Any other fun things you got about the Marines? I mean, I just, oh, I just when when they were sitting there and eating and everything, that was annoying as shit too. I, I just just like just like uh, Joe said when they wake up, start doing the pull-ups. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Vasquez is doing those pull-ups, and Bill Paxton says, "Hey Vasquez, you ever been mistaken for a man?" And she says, "No, have you?" <laughs> yeah, Sweet some of those burn. some of those jokes in 2018 probably <laughs> yeah. don't play very well today. I, but I, I want to bring up something real quick. It's kind of around this part, and this is like a real deep cut, and probably only my brother and LPJ we'll get this but when they were on that like whatever you want to call that the, the ground vehicle like the tank and they were like loading it into the ground ship all I could think of were all my old Starcom toys yeah, that I used yeah, to have 100%. Yeah. like we literally had that one that was like and you drove a car in it <laughs> uh-huh, I was like oh yeah. Starcom was just these old toys they all had magnets in them mm-hmm. and uh, parts of the, the toys would activate when you set a magnet on a different part of the toy yeah. And one of okay. them was a was like a triangular drop ship. Yeah, and you hit the button on the back and it went and, and it, it opened up and there was a little car you drove in and then you close it down. Yeah. Fun. It was cool. It was Starcom was some cool shit. Yeah. It's probably still in my parents' basement. Mm-hmm. I, I have two little notes here I can see. Um <laughs> Paxton is so annoying. I wrote that down as well. <laughs> and then I also wrote down, was that Lady Gaga flying the plane? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I thought the same thing too. Yeah, because she had like those glasses on. She was kind of like the blonde wig going too. I'm like, I didn't know Lady Gaga was on this alien planet. Here, here's a quick question for that. So, the, so the dropship let them let them off, and they all got off, and then it was circling, whatever. But then when it's coming to pick them up, you know, like why was that guy off the ship? Like, what was he doing that like when the alien snuck on board, you know? Like, when we, they went to go pick him up, like, they were landed, and he was like, oh, I got to come back on the ship. I'm like, what was he doing? Why was the ramp down, and he was off the yeah, ship? Yeah, I have no idea. There's, there's no reason for the ramp to be down. And, and, yeah, t- I was going to say, t- wouldn't, the the leak? Mar- right? <laughs> and wouldn't the marine protocol be like, we're on a fucking alien planet, like, we should probably open or shut this thing, so yeah. nothing I gotta shows say, up? That lady, it seemed way too easy. That lady pilot was a boss, because she didn't scream at all when she turned no. around and saw that alien. She tried to shoot it. It's yeah. because she's, just, just because she's what, born that way. Imagine Imagine what Bill Paxton would have done in that scene. <laughs> he would have. Yeah. Lo- he would have. Oh man! Oh, oh man! Game over, man! Game over, man! He cl- crashes the plane into everybody. Movie over. What are we gonna do? <laughs> Freaking Hudson. Uh, you know he has it rough uh, in outer space twice because he doesn't do so well in Apollo 13 either when he's sick as. Uh, Jimmy, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, not to mention all the trouble he had in inner space, right, guys? Call <laughs> 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 <All> back. <laughs> oh man. So I did, you know, bringing back a little bit of a little conversation I had very briefly about horror movies. This was 
Like, because I watched this movie. It was kind of dark in my house. I was all by myself, whatever. Like, I jumped a couple scenes in this movie, <laughs> um, which is what I'm looking for for, like, horror movies. But this is more like an action movie. So I was kind of like, I liked that terror that happened there. The one time was when the, what was it, the face hugger? When you thought they were dead in those canisters. Uh-huh, and the yeah. one, like, jumped after <laughs> Paul. I was like, shit. Like, I, like, I got so, like, nervous. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I liked how well Cameron was able to create that suspense. Right. Because I would say I was a little bit... I thought the movie was taking a while to get going. I mean, the movie is long. It's well over two hours. Yeah, it is And before long. you really start to see the alien, um, I mean, you're well into an hour, maybe an hour and 20 minutes into this movie. It's true. I mean, it takes a long time for things to start happening, but then when they start happening, it's great. It's yeah, like and it's not sound. Yeah. 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 yeah, once, yeah, once the uh, kind of shit hits a fan and then it's like nonstop till the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty much when they, they end up tracing, um, the, the people on the outpost, there's like 150 of them or something like that. They notice that they're all together in one spot and that's when they find out, I guess, is it the nest? For the most part, it's where they're cocooned or whatnot. Yeah, it's, so. I feel like was it something they were keeping them by like the generators or something? I don't know because it was well, all no, like, they were keeping them by the generators. They were keeping by the generator there because that's where it's what's where it's warmest. Yeah, that's on, yeah. and that's where uh, the mother alien, the queen alien, can like draw energy and and all that stuff. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So at at this point, they realize that they can't save these people. So they're trying to, I don't know, they're trying to get the hell out of there, I guess. Yeah, at that I mean, ultimately, point. at that point, they're just trying to escape. Yeah, like yeah. I said, like we talked about the drop, they try and get the drop ship to come and get them, and it crashes because of the alien in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it then becomes like trying to figure out how to stay alive. They're deciding at first, do we wait until they realize we're not back yet? And then they come back for help, which they said was going to be like 17 days or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And then somehow they realized, oh, shit, we're in an outpost. There's probably other planes that can take us back to the big ship. I don't know why that took so long to realize mm. that that was probably no, the case. No, they had a second. There was a second drop ship a second on their drop big ship. ship. But oh, they I couldn't. thought that they realized that at the base itself they had other ships that they could have used. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. They, had a, oh. they had a pilot one down, but in order to communicate with it, they had to get over to the other building and manually patch in the saddle. So why qu- didn't they think about that first then? Well, my, my question is, why why isn't there somebody on the main ship? Yeah, that, that was weird, too, because that's what I thought, too. I was like, I guess it was just like a sparse crew, and they everyone Which went still down. didn't make sense, right? Like, why do you it only have, like, 12 ship. people? Yeah, that was a big yeah, ship. Yeah. You think it would be... You think, that's what I thought, too. I'm like, well, isn't there somebody up there? But I guess yeah, not. Yeah, because they had to send Bishop to realign the dish manually so they could communicate with the main ship that's in orbit to send down the second drop ship. Which, which, by the way, I mentioned this to my brother. That scene with Bishop, where they're like, he has to crawl through the pipe. That's like my nightmare. That was like the scariest thing in the movie to me, because I can't imagine having to like be in that tight pipe and just like moving your elbows and not. And they're like, what did they say? I think I wrote it down here. Forty minutes crawling through that pipe. Yeah, yeah. No thanks. You have issues with uh, claustrophobia. There, yeah, bro? you know, me I don't, too. I don't. I freaked out as well. I'm like, I, I could not handle that. I'm like, the thought of being in a space where I can't fully turn myself around. I'm like, no dice. This, this is gonna go right over Joe's head, but uh, I have in my notes, uh, Bishop was Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. 
We'll save it for our Shawshank Redemption podcast. There you go. Okay. Oh, either that or our um, uh, our big our Bill uh, or our uh, Tim, Tim Robbins podcast. <laughs> yes, Tim Robbins. First up, Bob Roberts. <laughs> so then, then the Hudsucker proxy. Another okay. Another question I have here. So they they realize that where they are, where there's all 160 people, it's right near all of the power plant stuff. So they're being told like, you can't use your weapons. Like, why was it that Sigourney Weaver was the one to figure that out, and then they still used him anyway? Because that pretty much is what causes the place to blow up, right? Right, yeah. But then they continue to do it throughout the rest of the movie, so they just realize, oh, fuck it, we'll just do this anyway. Yeah, basically, yeah, that's what it is. At that point, it's just a matter of surviving. It made it sound like, though, that it was, like, the air that was going to ignite things. So the way I was originally interpreting it was that they, like, shot things off and the whole place would blow immediately. No, I thought it was they were concerned about the the cooling tubes because they were right below the nuclear reactor. Okay. And so they were concerned about the cooling tubes, shooting them up. You can't cool down the reactor and it goes into meltdown. Then it goes critical. Okay. And which is what, which is what happened. Yeah, yeah, because they took all the rounds from them, but then like Vasquez and that other dude like kept the rounds. So I think they well, were they shooting. have like they didn't have rounds. They had um, it was like a like a um, like a firing pin for their gun. Oh, okay. So they they could because they're they have those uh, those, um, those like steady cam mount those, yeah, those yeah, yeah, arm yeah. mounted cannons. Yeah. So you can't take their ammunition, but what you take is their fire. Okay, pin. but they gave them back though, so they were shooting their guns when they weren't supposed to. Be. Yeah, they they had second firing pins. Okay, got it. Gotcha. When did when did Predator come out? You guys know eighty eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. So to it's me. after Aliens, then I think at, so. Yeah. Okay, because like those two creatures. Like terrify the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, like I think, and they were both. Were they both designed by Stan Winston? Uh, possibly. I know. I know the Xenomorph. Well, the Xenomorph was designed partially by H.R. Geiger, and um, Stan Winston did the effects for it. I think. I think he did Predator also. Okay, I was just curious. Anything I'm, in your notes on that, Jason? No, Neg- <laughs> negatory. <laughs> you know, and I will say this for Cameron. I, you know, I, he doesn't get as much credit for it as Ridley Scott does, but I think he's as much responsible for the mythos of Alien as Ridley Scott is. I mean, he basically oh, sure. essentially wrote, you know, 90% of the backstory as far as, like, there being queen aliens laying yeah, eggs. He, he, designed, he designed the queen. Yeah, he, he designed a, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, it, like, how Ridley Scott felt about this movie. I mean, I would I be... I don't know. I, I mean, it was a success overall. Well, um, I know Ridley Scott never wanted I don't to know do how sequels, much, which is why he did the yeah. prequels. But then, too, like, I know Ridley Scott didn't write Alien, did he? He just directed it, so... Yeah, he just directed it. So, yeah, I'm not And really Cameron wrote and directed this. Yeah. He, you know, like he does with all of his films, he he creates the entire world, basically. Yeah. As we start to wind down here on the plot, because we, we are, you know, the... One thing that we've missed so far is that there is one survivor. It's a little girl, Newt. And that kind of becomes... Once they realize that everyone else is dead, it's, you know, the idea is, is to get the hell out of there. You know, they were going to try and get elevated up on that, the, the plane that brought them up and, and then nuke the place after they grabbed her. Um, you know, they end up having to go through these other plans. Newt gets taken by an alien at one point. She's kind of partially cocooned, I guess. And I have a question about that. Yeah. Why did they bring her back into the facility? I don't know. They made it back to the dropship at one point, mm-hmm. and then came back out to go back to find the rest of the people. Why didn't they just leave her in the dropship? 
I don't well, know. Well, no, they they. They they the they had her in the the vehicle the driving vehicle she was when in they, the APC when they were going to the first drop ship and it crashed and it messed up the APC and they couldn't drive it so then they went back in and then they were they were waiting for like Bishop's signal but that's when all the aliens showed up and all the they had to get out of there and when they were trying to navigate through the uh, ventilation shafts they were getting to where the Bishop had brought the other oh, dropship in and right, that's when right, she right, fell right. down and that's okay. when she got taken that's okay. right that's right. And then we got to bring up too, like how big of a douche Burke is. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean Burke realizes I don't know what he was thinking. Like he actually thought that they were going to get out of this mostly alive because he had a plan to throw in the, what are they, the face huggers, right? The the smaller like the baby aliens, the I guess. Huggers, yeah. 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 Huggers, yeah. So he throws them into the what was seemingly the little lab that they thought they were safe. Ripley and the girl Newt. Um, they're in there, and that's a cool scene where they're like trying to fight out of there and all that. Um, you know, he turns the camera off on him and all that. And then also, like that wasn't enough to convince them to kill him. But then he also um, locks them out of that one. Um, what was it? Some other room. Well, yeah. When they're then, when the aliens show up and they're trying to escape, he's like locking all the doors, running ahead of them, locking the doors in front of them. Yeah. I was so happy when it, the alien came and killed him. It makes sense now. Now that I'm thinking about it, why they would send Sigourney Weaver, why they'd be so intent on sending her, is if they only had Marines there and they infected one of the Marines, the Marines would be deployed again after that, potentially. They needed a civilian there that they could retain without having the military get involved. But Burke is a civilian. Yeah, yeah but, but he Burke doesn't want to he's, he's, he's not going to get impregnated himself. Burke's the one oh, that's responsible. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense, is they needed a civilian there to to you know gestate the the xenomorph. Although if he was really dedicated to the cause, he would have <laughs> uh, he would have volunteered well, himself. And, and I never questioned like why the company wanted her to go. I questioned why she chose to go. So I mean I you know I can I get that why the company wanted to convince her to go. But yeah. yeah. So are there any scenes that were missing here that you guys really liked or enjoyed that you want to bring up as we're kind of wrapping up here? Well, I think you got to talk the iconic scene at the end where uh, yeah. they, they finally get back to the main ship and you think everything's all right. She's chatting with Bishop and all of a sudden his chest explodes, the queen's yeah. tail. Turns out she's on the ship with them. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sigourney gets in the uh, forklift suit and is wrestling with the uh, the queen. The no, will yeah. you say the classic line for us? Yeah. <laughs> get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is like, that was great. Why'd you say that in a deeper voice? <laughs> that was great foreshadowing that they, they made sure to set up earlier that she knew how to use that rig, yeah. so it wasn't oh, a surprise, yeah. but yeah. Well, and I, I would say that even before that, like, we mentioned that Newt goes missing, and she's kind of like, I'm going to go find her, and she takes, like, the pulse rifle and the oh, flamethrower, yeah. and she, like, them all together. tapes it yeah. together. She's got all the flares, and yep. she just goes down there, and the thing that I didn't get, though, so she's in the room, she finds Newt, and then she sees the queen, and the queen's laying the eggs, which are where the face huggers are, and she starts, like, blowing up all the face huggers and like she's in that room shooting and doing stuff for a long time and it's like get out of there because like this whole place is going to blow anyway i think she got emotionally like involved like just went nuts by the way there's so after she does that and her and newt are running to get back to the elevator to exit she's like at the elevator waiting for it to come down you see a shot with like the queen coming down the hallway Mm -hmm. isn't that like the opening scene of uh stranger things isn't that uh, is that like an homage to that when the guy's trying to get out of the elevator? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that makes sense. Is. Yeah, that probably is. Well, and here's here's my thought: is one, how did those hallways were tight? How did that giant queen alien follow her? <laughs> and 
it knew how to use the elevator? Yeah. <laughs> how, okay. <laughs> right. Like it, it like sat there and waited and was like, oh, let me push the button. <laughs> and the, and the uh, on the commentary chart, they talked about how they designed this giant queen suit and then had to film that scene. It didn't fit in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I Yeah. And then, you know, they escape safely. And yeah. And yeah, the movie ends exactly as the first one ends. Right, yeah, they're in they're back into the hyperspace well, and off yeah, it goes. It, it ends even more like before that because she gets rid of the alien the exact same way in both movies yeah. by opening the <laughs> airlock and sucking it out. Which how in the hell in both movies did nothing else get sucked out of that damn airlock? Yeah, especially <laughs> in this one, right? Like she's hanging on by like one arm. And like somehow, you're getting sucked somehow climbs out. And, yeah. like, and, and Bishop, who's torn in half, somehow stops <laughs> Newt. Which, by the way, why did he have so much like weird blood and guts in him for being like? I mean, it looked oh. cool. I guess, yeah, why do they, aliens drink milk in the future? Because that the was one, in the first Alien too. The one uh, documentary thing that I listened to said that that was like a mixture of like yogurt and milk, and he was getting like sick every time they like had to use <laughs> it because it was so disgusting. It looked Ugh. real gross. I'm like, I don't know why. I'm like, what is that like hydraulic fluid? Like, I don't understand why he had so much. I, I don't understand either. It was weird. So, but so the only survivors are half of Bishop. <laughs> yeah, Newt, Ripley, and that's it. No, and uh, Michael uh, Bean. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're right. What's his character's name? Uh, Hicks. 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 Yeah. 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 Because in the th- the way the third yeah. one starts, they're is, all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> yeah. R- Ripley survives, and everyone. Oh else no, Bishop's is. still Bishop. He's not dead, but they yeah. she uses Bishop in the third film. Yeah, like it's, she finds his head and talks him stuff. The yeah. third movie's real bad. Don't have me on when you cover that one. Direct, directed by uh, David, David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah. Fincher. Yeah. yeah. So the third one's garbage, huh? If um, I've nev- if you've never seen it, should you still watch it? I, I think, think you should maybe, yeah, watch it, it. It's worth okay. it. It's worth it. I would say if you're going to watch it to look into some of the ideas they had for the yeah. third one. Okay. And it's not poorly directed. The story is just not not that yeah. great. And then, do you know who directed the fourth one? Oh, I do. Um, Alien Resurrection. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I know it has it's a, another. It's another. It, um, if if you didn't know this, I would have called for a pop quiz. Oh, I assume you too had. late. Pop quiz. Yeah. Hot shot. All right, go ahead. Uh, Jean Pierre Jeanette. Yes. Oh, who, from Taken. Who right, right after this directed Amelie after <laughs> Alien Resurrection. <laughs> oh, it has yeah. a it has a um, Winona Ryder and um, Ron what? Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yep, that's uh-huh. it. Nice. Okay. That that whole one, I've I've never seen it, but I understand it's a it's a, like a HIV AIDS allegory, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think. I, yeah, I remember seeing that one in the theaters. We probably we did see it. That's a, <laughs> yeah. That's, we probably, I think that was a Quavadas. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I remember seeing it. The very last thing I wanted to bring up because I thought this was kind of cool was at the end when they have this fifteen minute countdown. Cameron made sure that it was literally 15 minutes of yeah. coverage in the movie. Oh, that's cool. I Isn't didn't that realize really that. Yeah, cool. yeah. Well, yeah, that and not neat. only that, when um, they're in the drop ship and he's saying it's going to take us 10 seconds to get down, it takes 10 seconds for them to get down. Well, that's pretty impressive. That's to the cool. planet, yeah. Right? Like That yeah. just proves like how insane James Cameron is <laughs> and, and being so particular and having so much control <laughs> over his own movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nuts. I do have one more pop quiz. Pop quiz, hot shot. So we're, we're running out of time, and we're, we're not able to discuss a whole lot with the music here. But um, the music is done by James Horner. Horner um, had a really rough go at doing this movie. So he, when he shows up in London, he thinks that the movie is done. It's not. So Cameron is still working on stuff. 
So he's thinking, I got six weeks to make a score. It'll be plenty of time, whatever. It's not happening. He's upset the whole time. Him and Cameron are fighting over and over again. He only has four days to record the score. Well, that explains why it's so lackluster. (laughs) Exactly. But it still gives him his first Oscar nomination. He's thinking, I'm never going to do a movie again with Cameron. But oh no, Cameron comes back to ask him to do another film. Do you know what film that is? Uh, Is it Titanic? It is Titanic, (laughs) which he does win the Oscar for. Mm -hmm. So I just find it funny that they like got into it so much and he's like I'll never do a movie with Cameron again well this is Cameron was never going to work with him again either. Yeah, oh yeah, they he, were both like we hate each other until he heard the soundtrack for Braveheart yep and he's like oh that's perfect We need. I need him for Titanic yeah and so they got their Oscars with mm-hmm. that so alright um, so we have an, another so yeah we, we have our, our new segment next, our next segment uh, segment we call role reversal. Uh, I don't have a ton for this one. So in this particular segment, I'm going to give you the name of somebody who either was passed on for the role or passed on the role, and you're going to tell me if you think the movie would have been better or worse. So uh, for Michael Bean's Corporal Dwayne Hicks, uh, obviously the aforementioned James Remar was uh, initially cast. What did you guys think about James Remar? Uh, I think I think it would, it's better how it is. I don't know who James Remar is, so I'm going to say it's better as it is. Yeah, it would have been worse having him. <laughs> the other name, uh, he was he was actually up for the roles of both Hicks and uh, Burke, was Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang is the uh, the the commanding officer in the Avatar movies. Oh, and in uh, he was in that horror film. I can't think of the name of it now. He's blind. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. So he would have been Hicks? He would have been Hicks. Which was Michael B. He would have been Hicks or Burke. Oh. He was up for both roles. Since I don't know that much about him, I'm going to say it wouldn't have been better. I'm going to say it wouldn't be better. I don't know who he is. (laughs) He would have been a horrible Burke, but would have been an okay Hicks. I agree. Uh, The last one, I had to go all the way back to Alien for this. Ripley was it was only ever between two people Sigourney Weaver who obviously got the role and the other person was Meryl Streep Ooh. Oh. I did I can't picture that at all you can't picture Meryl Streep what about uh, have you ever seen uh, the River Wild no I haven't seen the River Wild with Kevin I, Bacon I've seen the River Wild <laughs> yeah. she's pretty she's pretty tough in that pretty tough yeah um I don't know. Everything she touches turns gold. So wow, Guy, yeah. guys, can we do the River Wild on this podcast? Is it an action? Absolutely movie? Yeah. not. <laughs> it's an action film. We're not going to do it. But it's an action film. Uh, I, wait, wait till I'm in town next time, guys. <laughs> would Ridley Scott had um, would he have killed Meryl Streep at the end of the movie? He might have. Because I fucking hate Meryl Streep. Whoa! Wow. I I think she is such bullshit. I think that as a real-life person, she doesn't know the difference between the role she plays and her real life. She just seems so fake. Hey, you're you going to make me... I'm going to go on. Hey. Yes, I have, and I can't stand her. Hey, save it for the Meryl Streep podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, don't bring her up again on this show, because oh I hate I'm Meryl Streep. I'm pretty sure she's probably not going to come up again I, on this show. She better not. So I, she's horrible. Oh, I've got another, Meryl Streep, if you're listening, I hate you. <laughs> I've, I've, now, now, don't hit don't hit, don't hit that pop quiz button. Okay. Uh, another, uh, what's the segment called? Role reversal. Role reversal. Yes. I, you maybe already covered this in a previous podcast, but uh, what else? What what was Lance Henriksen also considered for? Another movie. Oh, uh, Terminator. Yeah. Would that have been better or worse with him? 
What what he what would as, he have been he, in Terminator? He was, the Terminator. He, he was the Terminator. Yeah, remember? It's, oh, you're right. This, yeah. you're right. You're right. It's hard to picture like now knowing how iconic it is for Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like yeah, obviously it's not better, but I mean if we didn't know. You know, it's hard, but I would say probably not better with him in it. Yeah, that's what I would say as well. <laughs> yeah, I would say no, because the movie became something, the, the Terminator character became something different when Schwarzenegger took Yeah, it. you need that big hulking presence, I think. Yeah, you would have had a different movie altogether. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it still might have been an okay movie, but it wouldn't have been what the franchise is today, for right. sure. So what do you guys think about Cameron's ability to craft entire worlds with his films? Because that, that's basically what he does with all of his films. Do you think there's anyone out there like him that can do that? I mean, obviously, George Lucas is, is one. Maybe Spielberg. But does Spielberg really have his own... Maybe not a world, but Spielberg can have a setting that that can put you... Like, when I think of, like, Spielberg's, like, historical films, like, he puts you into that But he doesn't write, he doesn't write them. No. I don't know. Jurassic Park. He didn't write of, it. I know he didn't write it. Spielberg's not really R- a writer, R.I.P. Though, Michael is Crichton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Spielberg's not really a writer, though. No, but what I'm saying is, is there anyone else out there that's like him, that's like Cameron? I'd, I'd say probably not. J.J. Um, Abrams? So. Uh, no, I think, I, I, I would. I guess I don't have a, a way to dispute your argument. I think yeah, I think this is right. what makes Cameron po- probably the best director, Hollywood guy of all time. We, we've had that conversation mm-hmm. when we did Terminator. Yeah. If, if I don't think he's matched by anybody, to be quite honest. If only he wasn't so wrapped up in making Avatar sequels that no one's asking for. Yeah, did, really. Did you guys read about uh, James Cameron, like the, the, the magazine article about this? I, don't, I wish I could remember the name of the magazine, but when the movie came out, a bunch of people wrote into the science fiction magazine about how terrible Aliens was and all the issues they had with it, and the magazine published all these letters. And then the next issue, James Cameron wrote an article responding to every <laughs> one of the criticisms about it. That's awesome. That's yeah. hilarious. And it was such like minute detail, like the color of the atmosphere on the planet, <laughs> yeah. and he had like responses for it all. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, Which, that just bonkers. sounds so James Cameron. It does. You know? It really does. So... All right. Are we ready to give this thing a rating? All righty. So we always let our guests go first. Jay, you are the newest to this podcast. Please rate it. Or you can choose to pass. And it's out of five machine guns. You can do halves. Okay. I'm going to go four and a half machine guns on this. I think it's just. Uh, I think it's a great film. It's got a little bit of everything. It's not. It's not all action, but you got some suspense. It's a military movie, some horror. I think it's just a, a great, great film. So four and a half. Four and a half. All right, Joe. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. I think it's great. I think it's got some iconic stuff in it. You know, the the forklift fight at the end, and like. I that that scene when she's got the guns taped together and she's going down the elevator and she's like lighting the the flamethrower and all that stuff. It's just very and it's got like you said the action takes a little while to get there, but it's once it goes, it's pedal to the metal and the the creatures look great and it's it's a lot of fun and it's suspenseful and I I think I'll give it uh, four machine guns. Do you want to go? Or you want me to go? Uh, no, I'll go. Okay. I um so with this being my first time watching it and knowing. Like I like I've heard people say this is the greatest sequel of all time and all sorts of other things like that. I didn't quite feel that way. Um, I did think that it it took a while to get there. I, I mentioned throughout the podcast kind of my issues with some of the plot and what was going on. 
Um, and story is usually a big thing for me, but I would say that as LPJ mentioned earlier, like Cameron still creates a world where like it's it's totally believable, and and he he plays it off so well, and there's a lot of that terror and fear, and and Joe's right too, like it is pedal to the metal once things get going. So I think overall, I I guess I was hoping for a little bit more, um, but it was still a good watch. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Okay. Um, I too enjoy this movie quite a bit. Um, I don't think it's the greatest sequel of all time, but I do like. There's there's so many things in it that I like, and there's so many things in this movie that have kind of catapulted it in, or kind of carried over into other films. Like it's become a genre defining film. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really I did have to watch this in parts just because of the the circumstances of which I was watching, and I was I had to watch it over several sittings. Um, but when I have been able to sit and watch it straight through, I've there's never been a point where I've not enjoyed what I was seeing. Um, I, I'm going to give this one a four as well. Uh, I think everyone should definitely see this. You don't even need to see the first Alien to see this film, which I think is another testament to the fact that it is a great sequel. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Well, possibly the only better sequel is Terminator 2. Yeah. Another James Cameron. Another movie. James Cameron. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you not counting uh, Empire in that? Cause oh, no, Empire. Oh, jeez. All right. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Directed by uh, Irvin Kirshner. Who also directed. Oh, I mean, a million things, but I'm trying to see what you're actually getting at. Uh, never Say Never Again. Oh, Never Say Never Again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't wait till we do that movie. <laughs> no one can wait for us to do that movie because it's never going to happen because <laughs> it's a piece of shit. But you know it's not a piece of shit? What, LPJ? GameZillaMedia.com. Correct. It's not because <laughs> they kind of allow us to do this podcast because uh, we work yeah, with them. That's right. So there is amazing things that you can get out of GameZilla Media. So our podcast, Last Action Podcast, uh, airs wherever you listen to your podcasts every Monday. But then on Tuesday is our flagship show, GameZilla Podcast, which is doing up-to-date recent video game news and all that good stuff with Grim, Jazzy, Deadite, and Testonomics. Then Wednesday, we got the Noobs and Dragons show where we have Craig WK leading Chops, Grim, and Jazzy through their first Dungeons and Dragons um, campaign. campaign. Yeah, And every week I hope they kill Chops. Yep, and they still can't seem to take out your brother. Nope. <laughs> soon hopefully it's coming and then on thursdays we have the legend of retro which is looking at retro video games that they review and every week i hope they kill chops (laughs) (laughs) that not as fitting to that show but but you know i don't know there are sometimes craig it moves his anger into that show as well against your brother and then on Friday, we have the Movie Blast podcast with Bob and Bax. Where they talk about trying to kill Chops. <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't, actually. <laughs> but um, there is something for you every single day of the week. Um, please, Except for Saturdays and Sundays. Well, obviously. you know, the, of the weekdays. <laughs> of the weekdays, I guess. So please subscribe to all of those shows. Please rate all of those shows. We hope you enjoy them all. Um, and then Games of the Media also does a series of blogs with movies and TV and, and video games, obviously. And they have their streamers as well. And we also have Craig WK doing long plays through YouTube. There is plenty for you to do 
through Gamezilla Media. So we really do hope that um, you enjoy all that that is offered, and maybe you would want to help us out even more. Yes. Check us out at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamezilla Media. Give us some green. Yes, because we need it. Yep. Because I'm... He's very expensive. Not poor, but he I am likes, expensive. He drinks, he drinks very fancy waters. Yes, this Dasani is very fancy. He wears custom clothing. True, Detroit Tigers gear. Uh-huh. He has his own personal scent that he has bottled, and he wears it, and it's expensive. What the and hell are you talking about now? I don't know either. This is going to cause people to not want to... Join us on Patreon now. This, this is it? If, yes, if that intro it. didn't already do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. After hearing about the Challenger explosion, <laughs> I don't know why people are still listening to this at Listen, this point. Listen, it happened, okay? You can't deny it. Yeah, and this movie happened too, but they're not related to each other at all, except literally just the year that it happened. Fair enough. That is it. But in any other case... Check us out on Patreon. Donate <laughs> if you if you can. We really I'll make sure none of this it. money goes to LBJ, if that makes <laughs> Prob- it any better for everyone wise. else. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Jay, thanks for being here. Is there anything hey. you want to plug? Uh, no, I got nothing to plug. No. Joe, again, thank you. Yeah, yeah Friend of the show. Friend of the show, and as always, check out my past episodes of the Last Action Podcast. A lot of them have hovercrafts in them. Yeah, hey. I guess I, I want to plug Joe's past episodes. Of okay. this. Anyone in particular? Uh, Rumble in the Bronx. That's a good one. That, that is, is one, one of my favorites. We had a lot of fun with that we one. We did. You know, LPJ, yeah. is Joe officially like our Ed McMahon now? <laughs> I was going to say not Ed McMahon. hi so <laughs> Forget it. He's Ed McMahon. All right, all right. He's definitely Ed McMahon. <laughs> so this last action podcast has been terminated. But we'll be we'll back. Be back.